This is a Viaggi Films podcast. This podcast is produced in the concrete jungle, in the Big Apple, in the city that don't sleep, in the city of dreams, produced in New York City and downloaded in over 11 countries worldwide. This is the podcast where we talk business, we talk industry, we talk shit, we motivate, and we get things done. Welcome to The Rise. Hey guys, thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Rise. I'm doing things a little bit different this week. Normally I have guests on the show that are in some degree involved in the entertainment industry, aspiring artists of different sorts, talk about successes, failures along the way. You know, in the past we've had songwriters, musicians, stunt workers, actors, filmmakers on. This week I'm going to do something a little different. Myself and my company have been producing a podcast for some time now, a real talk with Frank D. Tommaso. And throughout the time spent with Frank and producing his podcast and working very closely together, you know, we became very, very friendly, very personal to a degree. And a couple of weeks ago before the holidays, he actually told me a, a personal story of his that um, coincides with the theme of my podcast. So even though Frank isn't in the entertainment industry, I thought it was very important to bring him on the show and tell his story because if nothing else, it's inspiring and uplifting and motivational. Uh, Frank is a real estate broker uh, servicing New York, Brooklyn, New York, Staten Island, and New Jersey. Um, multiple offices, over 130 agents, and is truly killing it right now. His podcast you could find on many different platforms. You can find it on Google Play. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on Anchor FM, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. It's called Real Talk with Frank DiTomaso. It is a business podcast. So right now I have Frank on the floor. Frank, thank you. Hey, my pleasure, Mark. I'm happy to be here today. So we actually have been working very closely together to get your podcast off the ground and build an audience around it, uh, having a lot of fun doing it. Uh, we meet once a week. We come out here. And if you recall, um, several weeks ago, right before the holidays, after we were wrapped up with your your series of podcast episodes for that day, uh, you and I had some personal time as I was breaking down the equipment, and you started to tell me a very interesting story um, that took place several years ago. Um, what was that? Yeah, I'll tell you what that was about. Um, just to give you a background about me, going back 30 years ago, because I'm in the real estate business 33 years. And, <clears throat> you know, when you come across hard times, it forces you to, to figure it out. Right. You have to figure it out. There are advisors around you and people that you lean on, and, and that's good. And sometimes people give you great help, great advice, ideas, and whatever. But you're the one. It's it's on you, especially when you have a family and you have sure. a business, you have endeavors. The responsibility ultimately lies on, on you, on us. So I, mean, I was coasting pretty well, you know, in the late 80s, right through the 90s. But when we got into the early 2000s is when um, I... Uh, guess you could say I hit a glitch. Okay. Um, 
I've always been a maverick in real estate. I used to build homes, custom homes. I sold lots of homes, you know, and here I am as a real estate broker. I started out in the business as a salesperson. I ventured into homes. I did mortgages, flips, all kinds of things, everything real estate related. So you're very well versed in the industry. Yeah, I've done it all. You and know? see, what a lot of people don't realize too is, especially people outside of the business is, and, and, and which is why I also wanted to bring you on because as an actor or an entertainer, no matter what facet you're in, you're your own, it, you treat it as a business. Much like a real estate agent, even though you hang your license with a broker at an office with a company, you're still responsible and accountable for your own success. You you really are. I mean, I I, I consider myself to be a maverick. You know, if I can if I have an if I can find an opportunity to earn, um, I've always found things related to the real estate business, like building, mortgages, sales, you know, stuff like that, sure. because it's what I know. I never, and I, and, and, and I always took the advice of my father, stick with what you know, mm-hmm. which is good advice because the economies, you know, they, they change. You have a great economy, then you have a poor economy, then you have a great economy. But ultimately, if you stay the course and improve and continuously learn at your craft, in this case, real estate for me, when the times get better, then you can take advantage of them. You can capitalize and, you know, you it's sort of like, you know, the, the hard work and staying the course, you know, then you meet the opportunity and then that's when you can really take advantage of the good times right. and do well for yourself. However, there's a flip side to that. There is the part that you have to, you know, me being a maverick, I always took chances. Right. Most of them worked out. But the one chance that I took happened to be a really, really big one didn't work out. And that was the one that set me back tremendously. I mean, I literally lost... After working, so uh, let me give you the year. It was probably at the peak of the down market, 2007, 2008, 2009, those three years. I had purchased a condominium development, 18 units. And the intention there was to buy them wholesale. And I knew the sellers, friends of mine. They bought it super wholesale. I bought it from them wholesale, thinking I could sell them retail. But just as I bought the properties, the market changed. Right. And this was one of the things that I wasn't prepared for. Not so much from a real estate standpoint, but when you're buying a condominium, there's a lot of rules and regulations, lending requirements, things like that, that you have to that you have to take into a consider into consideration. These were things that I didn't take into consideration. And all my years in the real estate business, you would think somebody like me would know. But hey, we're not all infallible. We do make mistakes. Sure. So the opportunity was there. 18 condos, good location, wholesale prices. The Maverick Sounds in me like came out. It On paper, it was a huge score. It was a million sure. dollar profit. Well, it turned out to be a million dollar loss. Direct hit right out of my pocket. I wound up chasing these properties month after month after month. But the thing that really hurt the most was what I was unprepared for was the change in the um, condominium regulations, the lending regulations. For one, the condominium wasn't FHA approved. If you're an investor and you purchase more than 10% of condominiums in a condo development, the banks frown upon that because their interest is at risk. They don't want to lend more than 10% of the risk for, for any particular individual in a condominium. 
Now, unless you purchase condominiums as an investor, how would you know this? Right. Of all my years selling real estate, I've always sold condos to, you know, first-time buyers or, you know, people that were going to move there with their families or whatever. I didn't sell them in multiples or multitudes. So the lending environment before the market changed was pretty simple to get a mortgage. All you had to do was sign paperwork and you got a mortgage. We all know that. That market of, of 2004, 2005, it was a joke. Everybody was qualified, even if you had bad credit. My credit was good. I had the down payment. You know, everything was great. I had saved up all my years in the real estate business. So I figured here's an opportunity to seize. Let me take advantage of this one. I wound up buying the units, 18. I sold the first six, no problem. Made some money on them. And that's when the market began to tank. The lending requirements changed. The development itself wasn't FHA approved. Next thing you know, it, I couldn't sell these units. I would imagine it not being FHA approved. That would limit your. That would it, limit the people who could actually take out the mortgage. Because what ha- Because here's what happens. When you when you're a developer. Right. And you build a condominium. Let, let's say something like in, the, in Manhattan, where you have a 90-story high-rise condos with 300 units, okay? The developer usually has to get approval from the attorney general. Right. He wants to get it FHA approved, which means that buyers can put down as little as 3%, 5%, like that. And it opens up your pool of prospects. It opens up your pool of prospects. Right. And typically, people who buy those kind of units don't have that much money to put down. They're not going to put $100,000 down sure. on a $250,000 unit. They're going to put maybe 20000 30000 because it's usually a starter home type right. of property, you know, they want to get started, you know, and they don't have that much money. They want to, they want the American dream, but they don't have that kind of money yet. Just yet, you know, they could be just starting out. Sure. So now all those people got knocked out. Couldn't sell to any of them. So it really squeezed the buyer pool. Then what happened was you take into, to, you take into account the factor of I'm an investor not only am I owning more than 10% of the units, I'm owning 100% of the units. So now any purchaser, forget FHA, if I had a regular purchaser that was going conventional, 20% down, the lender would still supply or you know, still ask for that condominium questionnaire to be filled out. And one of the questions on there is, does any individual own more than 10% of the units? And the answer is yes, I do. I own 100%. Right. So they wouldn't get, they wouldn't be approved. So now that would limit the project even more. So as I'm learning, I'm realizing that this was a poor investment on my end. It wasn't, it wasn't that I didn't do my research. I didn't even think to ask those questions. And I mean, it happened at such like you keep referring to the market, the market. It wasn't just the New York market. It was the whole country. Oh, it was we the, were in the, a downward spiral. That was the beginning of, of it was our generation's so depression. Bad. Yes, you know? it was so, so bad. And my timing couldn't have been any worse because right. I closed on these units the end of 2005, December of 2005 to be exact. So sure. now we go into 2006. That's when, for, for lack of, of lack of a better word, that's when the shit hit the fan. Sure. 2006, 2007, 2008, the property values are plummeting. 
I can't sell them. Now I'm saying, okay, I'm chasing bad money with good money, making the payments. I, I did have some of these uh, these units rented, but I wasn't counting on the rental income to to pay you know the mortgages and cover, right. but they weren't even close. So I was at a negative with each one. But now I have a business to operate. I have this- In the meantime. In the meantime, I have this problem looming over my head, trying to figure out, okay, how, what am I gonna do? I have a problem here. I can't just you know say, hey, uh, I'm gonna lower the prices and sell like you would with a house. Because with a house, you could do that. A townhouse, you can do that. With a condo, you can't, especially in, in this type of situation. So my back was up against the wall. So what did I do? I contacted the banks. When you're in a crisis situation, I'm sure you'll agree, Mark, when you're in a crisis situation and your back is up against the wall, you reach out and you look for help. Now, me being in the real estate business, I really had to swallow my pride because building up a company, having an office, doing this for such a long t period of time. Having a reputation. Having a good reputation, being reputation. successful at what I do, I yeah. find myself sort of in an embarrassing situation. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm supposed to be the real estate guy and... What a huge mistake I just made. Sure. Goes to show you that, you know, we all make mistakes. And, all right, call it what it is. I have a situation on my hand that I have to get fixed. The only thing that I could do was give these condos back to the bank. That was my solution. But I will tell you this. It took a good five years to do that. For, for it you took to a law, it all 18 properties, 13 properties. I, I wound up keeping three. Which, if there's any saving grace to this, I was able to keep three, which actually turned around and went up in value over the last 10 years. So, you know, uh, that's that was a blessing there. Sure. I still have three units that I collect a good income from. The, the mortgages have been paid off. So it's it's worked out for those three. But the remainder of them, so I, I sold six, I kept three. There's nine that I had to get rid of. One by one. I worked out deals and it took an awful lot of wasted time. To me, it was just, you know, it was taking me away from my business. It was very hard to, in the beginning, I couldn't sleep at night. It was just a cancer. It was a really bad situation. Um, I masked it pretty good. I mean, it came to work every day and did what I had to do. It made believe like nothing was a, what was an issue at all, but it really was. And in the meantime, you're a family man. I'm a family man. I have children. I have little kids at that time, you know. Right. I'm, I'm taking them to football practice on the weekends, basketball practice, you know, right. things like that. Doing what, you know, typical American families do, dads and moms, and, you know, we're, you know, living the scene with our children. But I have such a massive problem over my head. I mean, to me, it was massive. Sure. Absolutely. And, you know, at, in the beginning, uh, it felt like it was something that I couldn't overcome. I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I may have to file bankruptcy. I don't know what else to do. Until the one day I met a gentleman who shed some terrific light on my problem. He leveled with me. Uh, this was an attorney that was referred to me by a friend who does mortgages. And uh, I had given him some business. And he, I guess, wanted to return the favor to me. So he said, Frank, I'm going to introduce this gentleman to you. And he will give you some sound advice as to what you can do. I said, great. I welcome it. He actually came to my office. He came, you know, he came to the office and he said, Frank, look, the, the world has a forgiving way about itself. 
Nobody really pays attention to what other people are doing. They pay attention to their own situations. Right. All right, so I'm, I'm digesting this. <laughs> okay, advice, yeah. right. But what he was really getting at was, take the hit. You're not going to get this money back. It's going to take you down. You're going to lose everything you got. And you're a hardworking guy. You're doing this, you know, 20 years. You've you saved, you know, your, your money all this, all this while. Take the hit because after you give these properties back, and I did. And you know what? It wasn't that I wanted to, but it was either that or I was going to lose my whole life savings. So I did that. And one by one, I started giving them back to the bank, one after the other. By the time I got to the last one, it felt like a train came off my back. Wow. It was a load. I felt, oh, I said, you know what? Boy, what a lesson this was that I learned. <laughs> and that's my story, you know? And But, in the, but here's, here's the lesson that I learned. Through life, work, um, life experiences, and, and it doesn't even have to be work. It could be sports. It could be family. It could be whatever. You come across adversity. And it's up to us as the individuals to figure it out. You have people around you, some beautiful people that offer really sound advice. And you have to take heed to what they say. Um, and if you don't like what they say, you don't have to... Take that piece, you could put that off to the side, but you listen to what the whole thing. Yeah. You'll you know, listen to their whole message and you can take there, there's always gonna be something out of there that you can take that you can use because you really you have to figure it out. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. And um, but ultimately it makes you stronger, it makes you bounce back, and you're certainly never gonna repeat that mistake again. <laughs> you know, I haven't you know, I've bought some condos since then, but not Condo developments. Not, I'm not, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, what I found so remarkable about your story when you first told me about it was the fact that you were at a level of success already. You find yourself in this shitty predicament. You have the weight of the world on your shoulders. You have agents in your company relying on you. You got wife and kids relying on you. You got this new business venture that you're determined to make succeed. In the shittiest housing market, your pride's on the line, your reputation's on the line because you being so fixed in the industry, in the community that you set shop up in. At the end of the day, like how did you, how did you find the strength and the wherewithal to balance all of that? People have probably had nervous breakdowns in their life for a lot less than what you were going through. Listen, you you get all kinds of crazy thoughts that go through your head. I'm not going to lie. It, it it's. But here's the thing: Do you really have a choice? You, the only choice you really have. You're not going to kill yourself. You're not going to. You know. You're not going to take yourself to the extreme. Nothing is worth that. Right. Okay. I don't agree with that. So you really don't have any other choice other than to fight through it and figure it out. True. And, right. he, and here's the thing. When mm -hmm. you when your back is up against the wall and you have to figure it out, and it's not not even so much, you know, I have a family. Um, if, if I didn't have a family, who knows, you know, but I mean, what do we do it for? Right. You know, I love my wife. I love my children. You know, it's there's, there's a greater purpose in life than just me, myself. So whatever I do or whatever I did back then was all because I knew that it was all, it was all about them. I couldn't, I couldn't abandon them. I couldn't, you know, 
take a turn for the worst. Right. I had to find find a, a way out of this thing, you know. And it, 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 I'm not going to say it was easy, you know. It was the hardest thing in my life. Um, I had heard of other people's misfortunes and other people's hardships, and where they've even folded up their folded up their businesses. Um, there were times when I even thought of that. But then, what do you do after that? You, well, you're going to go uh, work in Burger King and, and, and sell Whoppers? You know, I mean, that you know, that's not me. I mean, especially when I have a lot of years in the real estate business, that's my background. That's what I know best. Well, I mean, that's what I think is so remarkable is that you were able to – would you say Would you say that was the lowest point of your entire career? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I can't – I mean, I've had other – I've been to other recessions and other hardships, but nothing like that. That was – oof, that was awful. So to go through that – enormous undertaking that you went through to still be like a fixated pillar for your agents to lean on for your family to lean on through all of this and continue to stay focused enough to rebuild your business because I, it doesn't matter what business you were in 2007 2008 2000, everybody was affected everybody was what oh i've heard and i've heard stories worse than mine which i didn't believe existed, but they really? did. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, a lot of real estate brokers in Staten Island folded up their offices. I mean, if you don't have your, if this is your livelihood and you fold that up and now you have to start out all over again doing something else, that's that's awful. Yeah. It's not the end of the world, but it's like, wow, you know, invest so much time into building your career and your knowledge. You know, I always said, your investment in, well, in, let, let's talk about the real estate industry for a second. Sure. You're always learning. And like other industries, like other careers, you're always learning. So the investment is in your brain. It's what you feed your brain with every day. How do you put a price on that? So if you jump ship and decide that you want to do something else and you have to feed the brain with new information all over again to start something else, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. Right. Especially if you're a middle-aged person. If you're young, that's different. If you're in your twenties, you got a, your whole life ahead of you. Right. But if you're in your forties and your fifties, how do you how do you do that? It's not you, you can, but it's a very difficult thing to do. So how did you? I mean, what I'm fascinated with is like where you were, where you wound up with these condo developments and everything going bust, and where you are today. I would imagine back then it was so easy, like you said, so many companies, so many brokers closed up shop, um, and not just real estate. I mean, so many businesses, period, back then closed up shop, you know, and and moved on to other things that were maybe a little bit more secure, um, you know, a little bit more steady, more guaranteed. You know, real estate, as we all know, is is not a guarantee, you know. No, um, nothing's a guarantee. You, know, you, you, you make money on, on closings, and... To be in the situation where you were, that deep into a situation like the one you were you were in, and to continue to strive to build this business that you worked so hard the previous 20 years to build, and to keep striving and to keep building on top of that with no guarantee, you have to be in, your mindset has to be like full force. No yeah, distraction, career-oriented, well, goal-oriented. Like, you have to be able to differentiate the problem that you have, which was a big problem, 
right? You almost lost everything. You have to be able to separate yourself from that so that you could focus on family when you're home. You got to be able to separate yourself from that big problem when you're in the office so that your brokers, your agents rather could lean on you. You got to be able to separate yourself from that to focus on your business and the growth and, 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 and the clients. So the, so the thing is this, the thing is this, yes, you have to be able to juggle everything which is not easy. Not at all. And you have to force yourself to put a mask on. And when you come in the office, you got to put that smile on your face and you got to be the leader, and especially in my capacity, and nothing in the world is a problem. And then when you're home and you're with your wife and you're having dinner and you're with your kids, everything is great when you know it's really not. Right. But listen, that's what you have to do. You want to call it faking it (laughs) asking the problem you know because because really what are you going to do you're going to come home and you're going to you're going to be totally depressed you're going to lie yourself what would you rather do at least feel positive or or feel depressed yeah it's up to you 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 pick it me i didn't want to take that route i wanted to at least put that face on like things were going to be okay and eventually they did become okay and when i sold that last condo Oh my God, I was like a different person. I was like, wow. I mean, I thought I was focused. I, I actually conditioned myself right. to work that way. Like this was my life at that point. And it lasted for a good five or six years. This wasn't an overnight thing. So by the time I got rid of the last one, I had no debt or I had less debt. Sure. But not the kind of debt that I had been used to that just put that strain on my life. Right. But I mean- And my wife knew, you know, my wife... Uh, you know, I mean, she's my partner. I mean, uh, you can't, um, I wasn't going to hide anything from her, you know, and we made, listen, we did the best we could. We we worked through it. I lost weight. She lost weight. You know, it was a stressful time of our lives, but we worked through it. And then we came out the other side and then it was time for me to get this business up to the next level. I said, okay, listen, number one, I learned my lesson. That's never going to happen again. Number two, never going to put my family in that kind of a situation. If I'm a maverick, great, but I'm not gonna be as much of a maverick. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I do invest into something, I'm gonna do my damnedest to learn everything I can about it <clears throat> and make the very best decision at all. And if, I'm, and if I have the slightest inkling that I don't have a good feeling about it, I'll pass. You know, maybe that's you know, like they say, with age comes wisdom. Well, I think with experience comes wisdom because you'll learn these things and you, and you know you never want to ever come come into this problem again. This I mean, type you're of problem. smart, you learn from your experience. Yes. <laughs> yes. You have to smarten up, yeah. like my mother would say, smarten up, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's no, true. So that whole situation probably, I would say, came to an end about 2010, 2011, you know. How long did it take from that point on to build your business to the scale that it is today? Well, a couple of things happened aside from that. We were in a smaller building a few miles away from the office that we're in now. And that was like a little house building. It was cute. It was nice. It was a good startup place. But I realized that for me to attract quality agents to come work with me, I I needed a better facility, mm-hmm. something with a conference room, um, private offices, a trading facility. I needed a facility where I could hire 
additional processors and a, and a manager and a marketing team and everything that you need to grow a successful real estate company. Because ultimately what it comes down to is what do the salespeople need? They need to they need to facilitate their business so they can grow. Right. And by offering everything you need in a space that allows you to is what's going to help me grow. So I identified a property that I had. Um, really, it was one. Of, it was somebody in the office that said, "Frank, why don't we move to to Newdor Plaza?" I said, "Really? I never even thought of this as a place where we would move the office to, but it's zoned commercial." And I, you know, it, it wasn't, it really wasn't, wasn't an option that I had considered. But when I spoke to an architect and the architect said, you can expand the building and you can add another 3000 square feet to it. And uh, it's all commercial and it grandfathers into the old zoning code and all these things. It caught my attention. I said, wow. I said, I never really thought of it that way. Next thing you know, it, we're drawing up plans, get them approved and wound up moving here. And now we have the facility that we have. And that's really what helped me grow my business. So once you were out of the woods, once you were in the clear, you basically changed the whole infrastructure of your business plan. Well, th at that point, you know, I, I didn't have distractions. Yeah. So I took advantage of the fact that I could focus on the salespeople sure. in the office, grow the business, help everyone, help them grow with nothing behind me. You know, everything in, it was the past. And I'm the type of person where I don't reflect on the past. I just don't. I believe, you know, whatever happened in the past, okay, it's you, you don't forget, but you don't want to dwell on it. Right. If you have to bring it to mind just to remember not to make the same mistake again, that's fine. But I don't believe in dwelling on past happenings, especially when it was over 10 years ago, sure. 15 years ago. That's like so far in the past. To me, it's all about moving forward. And I still think that way now. Like we just opened up the office last year in New Jersey and who knows what's going to happen next, but... That's my mindset. Listen, why don't you go ahead and give everybody all your information, where they could find you, your podcast, your social media stuff, phone numbers to your offices. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy to do that, Mark. And um, I have to say a thank you to you because you've helped me get this thing off the ground, which um, before I came across you, I didn't even know about it. It wasn't even a thought. And as I do it, I realize that it's fun. It's, a it's lot nice. Of you know, a lot, a lot <laughs> of the real estate business now is about getting your message out there. Right. And it's, you know, people want to know about you, who they're dealing with, who they're going to, you know, they, it's, it, it builds trust and, and that sort of thing. And um, so far, it seems to be working out pretty good for us. So, really yeah, we have the two offices. We have the one in Staten Island. It's 113 Nudor Plaza, Staten Island, New York. Um, the zip is 10306. And the phone number is 718-667-8000. That's the Staten Island office. And then the one in New Jersey is in Manalapan, which is Monmouth County. And we go out all, you know, to the ocean county and, you know, where the, the beautiful beach properties are. But we do a lot inland as well. And it's a, it covers a pretty vast area of New Jersey. Technically, we can do all of New Jersey. But New Jersey is a big state. Right. So we really concentrate mostly in the Monmouth County area. The phone number down there is 732-851-6500, and it's in Monmouth, uh, Monmouth County, New Jersey. And that's it. You know, when we're on Facebook, DiTomaso Real Estate, that's the Staten Island office. The Jersey office is DiTomaso Real Estate NJ. We're on Instagram, DiTomaso underscore real underscore estate. 
and um, and that's it, you know. And, and the the uh, the podcast is called Real Talk, right? <laughs> I don't have to tell you. No, no, you uh, you were the brainchild behind that one. <laughs> Real talk with Frank D. Tommaso. Yes, right. sir. Yes, sir. It's been a lot of fun, I have to say. And uh, and thanks for having me on your show. I love your show. I think your show was great. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad to have you on my show. Like I said, you know, when I started my podcast, I wanted it to be, you know, kind of like a week, weekly uplifting motivational type of thing. Um, you know, even though I kind of gear it toward uh, different facets of entertainment, I thought that this was a great story and message to put across. And uh Gives me a chance to do something a little different with my show, thanks to you. So, I'm well, really you know, it's my it's my pleasure, and you know, it's for me. Maybe it's a good thing, as I mentioned to you earlier. I don't like to reflect on the past, right. but let me say this: as I'm speaking with you on your show, and I'm reflecting back, I just I get these feelings like, oh my god, like it's it comes back to me in such a, a horrifying way. Sure, it sort of keeps me straight. Like, you know, I never want to see that happen again. Right. And then for the moment, and then I just get rid of it, and then I'm on to what I'm doing. Right. And it just right. keeps me in check, I but guess you can, can say. Keep in line. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And we all have those. We all have those. Um, I know that you got to get going, actually. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know you have a, an, an appointment to get to, but uh, I do want to thank you once again for, for taking My pleasure, Mark. Thanks my for show. having me. Uh, again, guys, you could... Find Frank, Frank D. Tommaso, over at uh, Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor FM, Radio Public. His podcast is called Real Talk with Frank D. Tommaso. His episodes drop every Saturday morning. You can find new episodes with uh, both guests and just informative tidbits that he does from time to time. Um, really educational Great value, strong message, and anybody looking to buy or sell a home in the greater New York or New Jersey area, please make sure you reach out to Tommaso Real Estate uh, at the information Frank was kind enough to provide us earlier. And that's it. See you guys down the line. All right, guys, that's it for this week's episode of The Rise, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. I also want to once again thank my guest, Frank Tommaso. Guys, if you are in the greater New York area and you are looking to buy a home, you're looking to sell a home, you're looking to rent, you're looking to invest in property, you're looking for commercial space, or maybe you're just looking for that beachfront property at the Jersey Shore that you could sink your teeth into for a week or so, make sure you contact Frank DiTomaso over at DiTomaso Real Estate. All of his information is at the end of our podcast. You can contact him via email, by phone. You know what? Hell, even contact him on DM over social media. Any possible way you have to reach out to Frank is at the end of the episode. Make sure you do so if you're in the greater New York or New Jersey area. I also want to encourage all of my listeners to make sure that they tune into Real Talk with Frank Tommaso Every Saturday, a new episode drops. He has different guests on different business professionals talking about what they do for themselves in order to succeed and become more successful and to achieve their goals and the business plans that they implement for themselves. Entrepreneurs, we're talking about entrepreneurs each and every week, people that go into business for themselves and are killing it. So guys, if you have that entrepreneurial spirit, if you're looking to go into business for yourself, if you're trying to figure out what type of principles you need to implement to get yourself to the next level or to go into business for yourself and to make shit happen, you make sure that you tune into Real Talk with Frank 
Di Tommaso. You can find it on Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Anchor FM. And we are striving to be on more distribution platforms as the time goes on. Again, that's Real Talk with Frank Di Tommaso. Available new episodes drop each and every single Saturday. Once again, thank you, Frank, for being on the show and sharing with us your very personal story about how you almost lost it all, but then somehow, as the story goes, got your head above water, reached for the stars, and touched each and every one of them as you became more successful. Guys, that's all I got for you today. I want you to chase that dream a little harder. I want you to pound that pavement a little fucking harder. I want you to reach for the stars like Frank did. I want you to achieve your dreams. I want you to get your visions and your goals in line. And I want you guys to become the best possible versions of yourself. That's all I got for you today. I will see you next week. Catch you down the line. This has been a Biagi Films produced podcast. I'm your host, Mark Basil. This is the podcast where we talk industry, we talk business, we talk shit, we motivate, and we get things done.